Chapter Three, Part Two of *The House in the Mist* by Anna Catherine Green. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Three, Part Two: A Life Tragedy. Those words had now become short, sharp, and accusatory. My child lived and what remained to me of human passion and longing centred in his frail existence i managed to earn enough for his eating and housing and in time i was almost happy again this was while our existence was a struggle but when with the discovery of latent powers in my own mind i began to find my place in the world and to earn money then your sudden interest in my boy taught me a new lesson in human selfishness but not as yet new fears my nature was not one to grasp ideas of evil and the remembrance of that oath still remained to make me lenient towards you i let him see you not much not often but yet often enough for him to realize that he had uncles and cousins or if you like it better kindred and how did you repay this confidence on my part what hand had ye in the removal of this small barrier to the fortune my own poor health warranted you in looking upon even in those early days as your own to others eyes it may appear none to mine ye are one and all his murderers as certainly as all of you were the murderers of the good physician hastening to his aid for his illness was not a mortal one he would have been saved if the doctor had reached him but a precipice swallowed that good samaritan and now i of all who looked upon the footprints which harrowed up the road at this dangerous point knew whose shoes would fit those marks god's providence it was called and i let it pass for such but it was a providence which cost me my boy and made you my heirs silence as sullen in character as the men who found themselves thus openly impeached had for some minutes now replaced the muttered complaints which had accompanied the first portion of this denunciatory letter as the lawyer stopped to cast them another of those strange looks a gleam from old luke's sidewise eyes startled the man next him who shrugging a shoulder passed the underhanded look on till it had circled the board and stopped with the young man sitting opposite the crooked sinner who had started it i began to have a wholesome dread of them all and was astonished to see the lawyer drop his hand from the bottle which to some degree offered itself as a possible weapon but he knew his audience better than i did though the bottle was now free for any man's taking not a hand trembled toward it nor was a single glass held out the lawyer with an evil smile went on with his relentless client's story ye had killed my wife ye had killed my son but this was not enough being lonesome in my great house 
which was as much too large for me as my fortune was i had taken a child to replace the boy i had lost remembering the cold blood running in the veins of those nearest me i chose a boy from alien stock and for a while knew contentment again but as he developed and my affections strengthened the possibility of all my money going his way roused my brothers and sisters from the complacency they had enjoyed since their road to fortune had been secured by my son's death and one day can you recall it hudson can you recall it lemuel the boy was brought in from the mill and laid at my feet dead he had stumbled amongst the great belts but whose was the voice which had startled him with a sudden hello can you say luke can you say john i can say in whose ear it was whispered that three if not more of you were seen moving among the machinery that fatal morning again god's providence was said to have visited my house and again ye were my heirs stop there broke in the harsh voice of luke who was gradually growing livid under his long grey locks lies lies shrieked hector gathering courage from his brother cut it all and give us the drink snarled one of the younger men who was less under the effect of liquor than the rest but a trembling voice muttered hush and the lawyer whose eyes had grown steely under these comments took advantage of the sudden silence which had followed this last objurgation and went steadily on some men would have made a will and denounced you i made a will but did not denounce you i am no breaker of oaths more than this i learned a new trick i who hated all subtlety and looked upon craft as the favourite weapon of the devil learned to smile with my lips while my heart was burning with hatred perhaps this was why you all began to smile too and joke me about certain losses i had sustained by which you meant the gains which had come to me that these gains were many times greater than you realized added to the sting of this good fellowship but i held my peace and you began to have confidence in a good nature which nothing could shake you even gave me a supper a supper what was there in these words to cause every man here to stop in whatever movement he was making and stare with wide-open eyes intently at the reader he had spoken quietly he had not even looked up but the silence which for some minutes back had begun to reign over that tumultuous gathering now became breathless and the seams in hector's cheeks deepened to a bluish criss-cross you remember that supper as the words rang out again i threw wide the door i might have stalked openly into their circle not a man there would have noticed me it was a memorable occasion the lawyer read on with stoical impassiveness there was not a brother lacking 
luke and hudson and william and hector and eustace's boys as well as eustace himself janet too and salmon's lemuel and barbara's son who even if his mother had gone the way of all flesh had so trained her black brood in the love of the things of this world that i scarcely missed her when i looked about among you all for the eight sturdy brothers and sisters who had joined in one clasp and one oath under the eye of the true-hearted immigrant our father what i did miss was one true eye lifted to my glance but i did not show that i missed it and so our peace was made and we separated you to wait for your inheritance and i for the death which was to secure it to you for when the cup passed around that night you each dropped into it a tear of repentance and tears make bitter drinking i sickened as i quaffed and was never myself again as you know do you understand me you cruel crafty ones did they not heads quaking throats gasping teeth chattering no longer sitting all risen all looking with wild eyes for the door was it not apparent that they understood and only waited for one more word to break away and flee the accursed house but that word lingered only smeed had now grown pale himself and read with difficulty the lines which were to end this frightful scene as i saw the red gleam of terror shine out from his small eyes i wondered if he had been but the blind tool of this implacable client and was as ignorant as those before him of what was to follow this heavy arraignment the dread with which he finally proceeded was too marked for me to doubt the truth of his surmise this is what he found himself forced to read there was a bottle reserved for me it had a green label on it a shriek from every one there and a hurried look up and down the bottles standing on the table a green label the lawyer repeated and it made a goodly appearance as it was set down before me but you had no liking for wine with a green label on the bottle one by one you refused it and when i rose to quaff my final glass alone every eye before me fell and did not lift again until the glass was drained i did not notice this then but i see it all now just as i hear again the excuses you gave for not filling your glasses as the bottle went round one had drunk enough one suffered from qualms brought on by an unaccustomed indulgence in oysters one felt that wine good enough for me was too good for him and so on and so on not one to show frank eyes and drink with me as i was ready to drink with him why because one and all of you knew what was in that cup and would not risk an inheritance so nearly within your grasp lies lies again shrieked the rancorous voice of luke smothered by terror while oaths shouts imprecations rang out in horrid tumult from one end of the table to the other till the lawyer's face 
over which a startling change was rapidly passing drew the whole crowd forward again in awful fascination till they clung speechless arm in arm shoulder propping shoulder while he gasped out in dismay equal to their own these last fatal words that was at your board my brothers now you are at mine you have eaten my viands drunk of my cup and now through the mouth of the one man who has been true to me because therein lies his advantage i offer you a final glass will you drink it i drank yours by that old-time oath which binds us to share each other's fortune i ask you to share this cup with me you will not no 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 shouted one after another then the inexorable voice went on a voice which to these miserable souls was no longer that of the lawyer but an issue from the grave they had themselves dug for anthony westonor know that your abstinence comes too late that you have already drunk the toast destined to end your lives the bottle which you must have missed from that board of yours has been offered you again a label is easily changed and luke john hector i know you all so well that bottle has been greedily emptied by you and while i who sipped sparingly lived three weeks you who have drunk deep have not three hours before you possibly not three minutes oh the wail of those lost souls as this last sentence issued in a final pant of horror from the lawyer's quaking lips shrieks howls prayers for mercy groans to make the hair rise and curses at sound of which i shut my ears in horror only to open them again in dread as with one simultaneous impulse they flung themselves upon the lawyer who foreseeing this rush had backed up against the wall he tried to stem the tide i knew nothing of the poisoning he protested that was not my reason for declining the drink i wished to preserve my senses to carry out my client's wishes as god lives i did not know he meant to carry his revenge so far mercy mer but the hands which clutched him were the hands of murderers and the lawyer's puny figure could not stand up against the avalanche of human terror relentless fury and mad vengeance which now rolled in upon it as i bounded to his relief he turned his ghastly face upon me but the way between us was blocked and i was preparing myself to see him sink before my eyes when an unearthly shriek rose from behind us and every living soul in that mass of struggling humanity paused set and staring with stiffened limbs and eyes fixed not on him not on me but on one of their own number the only woman amongst them janet clapsaddle who with clutching hands clawing her breast was reeling in solitary agony in her place beside the board as they looked she fell and lay with upturned face and staring eyes in whose glassy depths 
the ill-fated ones who watched her could see mirrored their own impending doom it was an awful moment a groan in which was concentrated the despair of seven miserable souls rose from that petrified band then man by man they separated and fell back showing on each weak or wicked face the particular passion which had driven them into crime and made them the victims of this wholesale revenge there had been some sort of bond between them till the vision of death rose before each shrinking soul shoulder to shoulder in crime they fell apart as their doom approached and rushing shrieking each man for himself they one and all sought to escape by doors windows or any outlet which promised release from this fatal spot one rushed by me i do not know which one and i felt as if a flame from hell had licked me his breath was so hot and the moans he uttered so like the curses we imagine to blister the lips of the lost none of them saw me they did not even detect the sliding form of the lawyer crawling away from them to some place of egress of which they had no knowledge and convinced that in this scene of death i could play no part worthy of her who awaited me i rushed away and groping my way back through the cellar sought the sight of her who still crouched in patient waiting against the dismal wall End of chapter 3, part 2